Hey friends, we're glad you joined us today. Yes, we love having the opportunity to connect with you. We always want to encourage you by reminding you that God loves you no matter what, and He wants you to have a life that's full of joy and purpose. That's right, and we have some tools to help you grow into the person God wants you to be, a person who loves people the way Jesus did. We're excited because this is the first episode of the new season of the podcast, and this season is all about being strong and humble, the path to true strength. Everyone wants to be strong, right? But the strength God wants you to have is not only physical strength. Today, we're going to help you start developing the spiritual strength you need to more easily face difficult people and circumstances with confidence and humility. And that's going to help you experience more happiness than you can ever imagine. Each person receives greater rewards in proportion to their willingness to do two things in their lifetime, okay? Two things that you can do in your lifetime to increase the reward that you will receive in God's kingdom, according to Jesus, not according to me, but according to Jesus. Number one, to become humble and lowly by helping the humble and lowly as often as you can. Positioning yourself, in other words, to help people. Positioning your wealth, positioning your time, uh, positioning your attention, whatever you can do to say, you know what, today it's about helping someone who's in need. It's about humbling myself and saying, who can I help, Lord? How, who do you want me to help today? That's number one. Number two is this, is to also associate yourself with the humble and the lowly as often as you can. So not to look down on them just because God has positioned you to help them, but to actually associate personally with them as a human being and putting yourself in the place of their servant or their slave, which is where we're going with this a little bit later um, in this chapter is that is that Jesus himself, if you remember from John 13, he was their leader. He was their rabbi. He was the one that the disciples were following. And he washed their feet. And Peter said, no, no way. This is not socially acceptable. Um, and neither is humility. All right. So those two things the world does not accept, our social circles do not accept that wealthy, successful people need to humble themselves in that way. You can do it in other ways, right? But Jesus said, no, it doesn't matter what your status is here. In order to be great in God's kingdom, you need to be willing to be humble and to practice it. A willingness to be humble and a willingness to practice that humility. Now, a second thing that he focuses on is this idea that um, God wants us to be motivated by this truth, that he is very generous toward undeserving people. And he wants that spirit of generosity to be in his 
believing followers so that they can then be really truly be his hands and feet in the world to be the ones who are say you know what this isn't my money this is what god has given to me these this, these are not my abilities uh, these are abilities god has given to me it's a gift everything you have is a gift and it's really about shifting our perspective away from how we see things in this world so that we can say wait there is a difference in how rewards come in in god's kingdom than they do in the world's kingdom we're in matthew chapter 20 and so starting in, in verse 1 of chapter 20 jesus says for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire people to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? And they answered, because no one has hired us. Pretty simple. And he said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. So I want to stop there. He's, he's hired several uh, groups of people at different times to do work for him. Okay, that's, that's verses 1 through 7. Now in verse 8, it's kind of the climax to this parable. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. Now, I want to point your attention out to that. Jesus is intentionally saying that because he's trying to say, Look, I'm telling you a story, and that's what he did so well. He was such a good storyteller, and he could use talk about principles that were that are important to God and to God and his kingdom and how his kingdom is set up in contrast to how our world is set up and how people and we treat others in our world in our context by our rules and he was saying look i want the last people to be paid first and so he's illustrating how, what he said at the end of chapter 19 he's saying look First, if you back up, chapter 19, verse 30, but many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Remember, we talked about lowly, the lowliest in society versus the greatest in society, the, lo the lowliest in God's kingdom versus the greatest in God's kingdom. And the goal here is to learn how to be great in God's kingdom. It's, it's actually unlearning how to be great here. Because it doesn't pay off there to be great here in, in the world's terms. It's about practicing greatness according to God here so that we can experience his greatness there. And remember, this is about someone who believes in Christ, who, is, who, who, who has salvation. This is not about earning salvation or earning something uh, to do with your salvation. That's just by believing in Christ as your Savior. 
This is about, okay, I'm a believer. What's my incentive for continuing to do the work of God if I'm an accountant or if I'm a teacher or if I'm a garbage collector or if I work at Home Depot or whatever your career path is or if I'm a stay-at-home mom or um, it, it's not based on your job. It's actually based on this this higher priority of, oh, I now have incentive to do good works, to be humble, to be kind. It's not just a catchphrase that I learned at church and I'm supposed to just try to be that way somehow, some way. Now, Jesus is saying, look, specifically, these are ways that you will be rewarded in heaven. So in, in verse 8, he says, begin with the last ones hired and go on with the first. The workers who were hired about the 11th hour came. So these are the last workers that were hired. And each received a denarius, which is what, remember, he, he promised to pay the people who fir he first hired. Same amount. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Which is so typical, isn't it? We think, okay, well, why would they get the same amount of money that I get? And that makes sense. Verse 12, these men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go home. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. And so, big picture, the main point that I want to make here and, and help us to think through is this. Serve God and trust that He will be very generous in rewarding you instead of calculating how much you think he owes you for your service this is this is a reminder that reward is based on consistent obedience and so the question really is 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 your attitude right is 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 my attitude right and is it as is it consistent as Jesus was consistent in his service? In other words, what's the quality of your service, not the quantity? Because we think in terms of seniority. We think in terms of pension. Uh, we, we think in terms of tenure, where you're rewarded for doing something for a long period of time. But perhaps that long period of time diminishes your quality of service. Maybe you were really excited about doing the work that you, that you did 
for the first five years of a 30-year career. Well, if those 25 years towards the end were not successful, didn't teach anybody anything, and essentially you just collected a paycheck, then what does that say about the experience that you had doing that work? It wouldn't be very satisfying. And the people around you would feel that same way. It's that sense of entitlement. That's, that's what we all hope to not be, right? We hope to not, uh, we hope that people don't remember us as, a, as just being entitled, but that we would be helpful, kind, strong, consistent, successful in those ways with our life. And I think that that's this encouragement here is that, that Peter is saying, wait a minute, what are we going to get? Because if you look back at the parable, there's always somebody Jesus is, is talking about. And in this case, um, the first people that he hired in his ministry that he called were the disciples, the 12 disciples. And it's at this point where he's calling others to be his followers as well. He was not limiting his followers and leaders to those who would be the 12 disciples because he knew that those men would be able to bring in other leaders who would be his followers. And, and those people would need to be taught the same concepts in order to have this laser focus on what the kingdom of God looks like. This passage really talks about motivation, doesn't it? I think it talks about the, the fact that the people who were hired were now not joyful for the people who were hired last. And in this process, you have um, what some have said is that he hired the disciples first, and then he begins calling all these other people. And towards the end, these people who are, who are called at the 11th hour are people like you and me today saying come follow me learn from me become my believing disciple and look at all that you can do for good in this world according to what my father's kingdom is like and he will reward you a hundred times as much he will give you eternal life yes and then on top of that you will have more than you ever thought you could have an experience in the life to come. And so life is not just about the life that we live here to eat and drink and be merry, and then we die. No, it's actually a life that continues. And it continues into his kingdom. If you're a believing disciple of Jesus Christ, and he's saying, look, it's not about getting to the end of your work here and grumbling that someone else is going to be a part of that work. It's about shifting our perspective to one of generosity because God is so generous. Now, I do want to point out that Jesus is not teaching that all disciples will, re will be rewarded equally. If you look at Matthew 25, 14 to 30, we don't have time to go through that passage today, but, but that's the parable of the talents. And it, he's saying that some people are given more talents. They're given more reward for the work that they do, 
but the quality of the work is what's important. So this passage takes the focus off how much you will get, how much you will be rewarded, and reminds us that God has this reward for each person, that he has this unique reward for everyone, and that he is so generous that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't actually matter when you decide to follow Christ. It doesn't mean that you've had to be sitting in a pew for the last 50 years in every worship service and never missed a Sunday and never missed a Sunday school class or a small group. Isn't that refreshing? That, that there is not this benchmark of seniority based on quantity of service. Because I, I think the main point is that we as God's people and just as humans, our level and quality of service diminishes over time if we're not focused on the right things. And Jesus is saying, focus your life around the right things. Focus your life around being the lowliest here, having this perspective of humility and practicing it. Going to people and saying, hey, how can I help you? How can I serve you? Not, how can I be served by you? Because that's what we would prefer, isn't it? We would prefer to be served. And our perspective is influenced by that. And so this passage is more about the quality of our service in Christ and our attitude about serving Him. And he's saying that everyone, I want everyone to know that they can serve with me. But I want their attitude of service to be like that of Christ. And in Philippians 2, we get this picture of what that looks like, of how Jesus served. Paul says in verse 1, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His Spirit, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. And here's what he says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. In other words, position yourself so that you look at others as people to be served, not to serve you. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Now, how easy is that? It's impossible. It's so hard to do this if we don't know it and then practice it. Humility is something we can say we are. But if we don't practice it, it doesn't become something real in our lives. And how did Jesus, what was his attitude? And he was God himself. But Paul says he didn't consider that he was equal with God because he served humanity 
God created humanity, and his perspective was to serve us. It says, by making himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself. He humbled himself. He didn't just say, I am humble, but he practiced it. And he positioned himself to do that again and again and again. And so one question to think about here is we go through this whole passage. We start to understand this parable. We go, okay, so humility, all right? I guess I need to be humble. <laughs> the question to start asking, I think, is this. What are the truly humble and sacrificial acts that will make your quality of service greater towards the people in your life? What are those truly humble acts? What can you do to help somebody today or this week? Don't focus on everybody because it's easy to get lost in that. Focus on the one person, whether it's on your way somewhere or uh, to, at work, it's somebody that you associate with. How can you be humble and serve that person? It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some work because learning to be humble is hard work. I'm not pitching this and saying it's easy to do. <laughs> if it was, everybody would be doing it and, and, and we would already be experiencing what God's kingdom is like on earth. And we don't, do we? No, we experience, experience a lot of different things and that's not one of them. But these are the qualities that will bring you the rewards that Jesus talked about here of a hundred times beyond your eternal life, beyond you spending eternity with God, there is this reward that he wants you to have too. And it starts with learning how to serve someone else and not to have the perspective that you need to be served. And so how can you serve someone? this week. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen today and to connect with us. We hope this is the, a great beginning to exploring this concept of what true strength is. If today's episode resonated with you in some way, take a second to follow or subscribe. And most of all, take a minute to think about a friend that might connect with it too. We want to help spread the message to more and more people that God loves them and God has a purpose for their lives and can help them to be the church and connect with God wherever they are and wherever you are in your life right now. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.